Uh, so it's just a big story in the North Page today, but I didn't know where it came from. Chris Philp, police minister. If you see a shoplifter, arrest them. <laughs> um, yeah. It's all some juicy fucking stuff. Can we just start? Uh, yes, I thought we could start by... We're not at the Tory party conference. We're not, we're not at any party conference. We're not recording live from the Tory party conference. We're not. Well, I think we are the only journalists in the whole of the UK not recording live from the Tory party conference. So I, I wondered if we could maybe recreate the Tory party conference in our house by just getting very drunk and feeling each other up. Oh, you guys, I was going to say by, by, by standing up and wearing a skirt suit and being really racist. <laughs> there, are, there are two ways of doing it. You've um, actually been to Tory party conference, so you know what kind of shit goes down, right? And you went back in the bad old days with no camera phones. And um, oh God, yes, I had so many else to say about the Tories, but if we're talking about me uh, <laughs> and my experiences, well, my first Tory party conference, <laughs> I discovered was the same one as George Osborne's first. Because I listened to this. I'm just, I was going to start off, I noticed this, this photograph of Sue Ellen, did you see, well, come to maths and what, immigrants? No, is she, is she doing confidence stance? She, have you seen the picture? No, no. How did I, you know? Because they all do it and it's a it's nightmare. It's not just confidence stance, oh, it's, it's thumbs up, double thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to show you this photo. Yeah. And I'm going to say to you, racist Fonzie. Is she racist though? Um, well, we can, first of all, does she look like Fonzie? I don't mean facially. She's standing there with her both thumbs up and no, a big well, smile. No but, <laughs> no, but I'm afraid the Fonz leaned backwards and he had his thumbs at a completely different angle. That's just when they've taken the photo. A second after that, the Fonz... I mean, fuck off. This is, I'm going racist Fonzie. This is pretty close. Okay. Um, no, race. Okay. I mean, whether it's for us to discuss. And I think we must come on to other things. We are recording this Wednesday morning. It's before Rishi's speech. I mean, the tragedy for poor Rishi, as we all know, was in it. Uh, because it's all been leaked and it's he's, the whole thing was going to at the we end of it. We always know, it's always all leaked, all of it. Always. That's true. As William Hague wrote in the week, so only three people, maximum of three people can keep a proper secret. Um, I don't, but don't they leak it on purpose as well? No, God, no. Rishi oh, wanted really? to deliver HS2, oh, I see. the cancellation thereof north of Birmingham, yeah. uh, as his big thing at the end. And everyone knows. Um, because the only thing, they, they've got to try and save money somehow and tell <laughs> the public they're not, they're not a tax and spend government anyway yeah. blah, blah, blah. so racist Fonzie yes yeah, Suella listen it's like whether or not she's deep down racism whether, is, it, is one thing but they are they are they are after the racist vote she literally said I, the, that's yeah that's different um, <laughs> she said the wind of change and she's now going the people the Broadway, and it's now a hurricane and the point is when describing immigrants when describing your poor your destitute your people who are washing up on the beaches you have to avoid certain kinds of words and you know as as you have to avoid words like vermin and stuff because you're looking back at the holocaust and you're looking back at you got inhuman rats you're looking back at slavery things you do not say um katie hopkins fell foul of that she she called them cockroaches i think when we i just think a hurricane do i know what what that is what 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 she what she is is not necessarily racist. What she is is fear-mongering. What she is is playing on people's fears of what immigration yeah, brings with it. That's all. She's That's generating all. And she was, And she also said uh, something like, are you aware of what a luxury belief is? 
I've, I've written it down. Okay. Do you want to talk about luxury belief? Well, no, it's just all part of the same thing. She's talked yeah. about She's celebrity She's saying lefties. you have a luxury belief that immigration is a good thing. And if you are against immigration, then you are a racist. Because it's not your children who are going to be groomed. And it's not your streets who are going to be, you know, overrun with this hurricane of immigrants. So the, what she is, is it, it's, it's, the, it's the fierce speech of certain other kinds of government that I'm not going to cite who whip up fear about other people. Which was famously, you know, Gary Lineker said, compared the language to 1930s Germany and that's Which what I you don't do. Don't but it's fine, do, no. I don't care whether you do. It's happened lots of other places as well. It's that the Nazis are the only thing that people can reach for when they look in history. And there's obviously, if you reach for the Nazis, you've lost and blah, blah, blah. You t- you she so says, well. you know, lefties, celebrity lefties with their luxury beliefs mm-hmm. uh, because that's going to go ding and all the audience are going to go hurrah she only really means Gary Lineker um, but do you what do you understand what luxury belief is it's a belief that it, yes it's, it's you're isolated from a problem you are free to think something nice about it and you are isolated from a problem because you are rich, rich. so and they have their narrative about the elites and the Tories are going around the Tories Jacob Rees-Mogg is standing up, old Etonian, son of the editor of the Times, excellent chap, and I love his wife, but is standing up and going, we've got to do something about the elite. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely nuts. So here's the interesting thing that I think about it all. The, the, the Tories are going, screw HS2 and screw the North. They are going, I mean, Rishi may later on in the speech that we haven't heard yet announce that he's going to do something about east-west transport links in the North, which are he's obviously... going to announce some... Cost-free plans. It's some completely free, nice things. But no, no. So they're asking you to do that. They're asking you to form unpleasant thoughts about immigrants. Now, obviously, immigration has to be limited. It's very hard for the Labour Party to say, but obviously you can't have everybody here. So she's just... and, And so how do you choose a number? But talking about it always makes you sound mean. And she's wanting... She's now using the immigration issue to throw up... It's like build that wall. The, the, the Trump thing, you know, mm. she's talking about this hurricane. They're doing that, which, which is a sort of a nasty, mean thing. Um, they're asking us to espouse, and bear in mind, I, you never talk about who you vote for. I have voted Tory in my time, I've, and I voted Labour, and I voted Lib Dem. I voted for all of them. If you want my Tory vote, though, if you want me to vote for for homophobic as well, obviously, I mean, she chose to talk about immigration, being gay shouldn't be enough. It's an okay thing to talk about, but if you raise the issue of gay immigrants when they make, I believe, 2%, they, they account for of, of, of all immigrants, you're, you're a pandering to a particular person. Mm. So if you want me to endorse your racist, xenophobic, isolationist, little England, socially destructive policies, give me a fucking tax break. That's what I think. Right. So I, I think I, I don't espouse any of those things. We're talking about luxury beliefs. Um, they're all things that don't really affect me, but I don't espouse any of those Nasty right-wing ideals, but if and I wouldn't vote for them, unless you told me the top rate of tax is going to be thirty-five percent, and you bring corporation tax down to nineteen, then you would hold your nose. Yeah, and it's going to be worth that's going to be worth fifty thousand a year to me. Fuck Mm -hmm. it, I'll vote for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what they they can't. They can't. There's no money in the pot. There's negative money in the pot. They cannot give us a tax break. That's why he's cancelled HS two because of this. 90, is it 90 billion pounds? They're not going to spend. They didn't have it. HS2 has already taken up the money, was put aside for it. The 90 billion doesn't exist that they were not going to spend, that they were going to spend. Now they're not going to spend it. So in theory, there is this 90 billion. But then, So they can't give you a tax break, but what they're saying is that what they can do is protect you from a hurricane of immigrants, XL bully dogs, vapes. But they're going to make you do maths. Bang, right. Yes. This is what we believe he's going to say in the speech this afternoon, maths to 18. 
which 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 sort of that this morning this was leaked. Well, he we talked about it maybe a month ago. It was it was said it was possibly going to happen. Not a good sign for not not a good thing for the Corrin family. Some part of me thinks if I was going to assist my children with their maths homework, that would kind of stave off dementia. For you. For me. That's not so, what he's talking about. He's talking about having work, but he's talking about having to do maths at school. And, and I would say the only incentive to me in doing my maths homework yeah. and passing my maths O level as it then was that my dad used to say when I didn't want to do my maths, I'm like, don't worry, son, you can give all this shit up when you're 16. But promoting it or making everybody do maths until they're 18 continues to reinforce this really, really stupid idea that you should be able to be good at everything. When in fact, at about 14 or 15, people naturally divide into artists and scientists, don't they? Well, they but there's do, this idea that you have got to get an A in everything. It's ridiculous. You're right, they do. But there is an argument and it comes strongly from James Dyson, whose autobiography I wrote. He thinks... It's a bad thing that art and science are separated in British schools because it fosters this notion that there are poindexters who do maths, like <coughs> Rishi Sunak, mm. and I suppose massive tyrannical wankers who do art, like Boris Johnson. There is a bit of a division. You, Boris is maths. I mean, what, it's seven plus eight, he's going to fudge about Doesn't and know how fuck many somebody and then lie yeah, about yeah. it. Whereas, whereas Rishi's going to know. I do sort of see what he means. I mean, I did maths GCSE and they just, they made it. They did work to my, basically to my level. And I think if you carried on that. Carried on at that level? Yeah. Katie has four plums. Yeah. Barry has three pineapples when you're fucking 18 years old. I mean, it wasn't Cambridge. that painful. I mean, my maths GCSE, because I was on this kind of slow track maths thing, it wasn't actually that painful. And it actually meant, because the level I was working at made me feel like I was, you know, I was all right at maths. But I mean, I was, and I was at that level. At the level I was working at, it was it was okay. It was this fun. is the moment in the thing when I would point out I was in set format, bottom set. Mm-hmm. I was with Simon Chin, double Oscar-winning producer mm-hmm. of Man on Wire and that other excellent other film. One. And we're looking for Mr. What's-His-Face. Searching but for the, Mr. Sugarman. That, there Sugarman, we go. Yeah. And then uh, Adam and Joe, Adam Buxton of the Adam and Joe show, Joe Cornish, director of the... Attack the, Attack the Block and co-wrote the Tintin movie. Adam has the most successful podcast in the world, the man who invented podcasting. No, that's Joe Rogan, but yes, a final Oh, fuck off. The, okay, the, 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 the nice bien-pensant, liberal, slightly tubby, right. Norfolk-based comedy <laughs> podcast to end all mm-hmm. such things. Uh, uh, and my dear friend Tom Pemberton, uh, formerly of St. John, and then launched Hereford Road, Hereford Road best, yeah. shop, best, best restaurant in London. So, so uh, they were all there doing interesting things. The math set one, fuck knows where they went. Never heard of them again. I, I think it's terrible. And I would like to say, the other thing he's going to launch, he's going to say maths until 18, and he's going to come, very, come down very, very hard on smoking. Uh, he's going to ban smoking for everybody. I think he's going to do that thing where they impose a cutoff at every... Right, right, right. So eventually nobody can smoke, yeah. Because they bring up the age by one year every year so that eventually if you're, if you're 92 years old in the future and you want some fags, you good. have to find someone of 93 to go <laughs> to the shops and buy it for you. And oh, yeah, it's fine. But, but look, um, I'm just saying, you're, it's, like, it's a bit school mum, isn't it? More maths, no smoking. It's, it does seem to be very much policy by committee, doesn't it? This is an omelette made with a focus group, isn't it? It's a focus group full of people with jackboots and monocles and little pencil moustaches, though, isn't it? I mean, it's... It, is, it, is, it is the politics of fear. It's the politics of playing on people's fears about stuff. They're scared of dogs, uh, don't want their children to smoke... Terrified of their children who can't do maths, frightened of immigrants. I mean, that's all it is. And and I think that there's all sorts of 
cultural and social reasons why this may well chime with people at the <laughs> moment. I don't know. I, no, nobody's going to vote for them. Nobody. 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 It may be the first general election where there are zero votes for the Conservative Party. <laughs> Even my mum is going to vote for Keir Starmer. Yeah, I mean, well, elections are all about getting your getting your voters to turn out and vote for you. It's not about luring people over from the other side. And it, but it, and it may well be that you know their their range of policies might get Labour voters to turn out for Keir, as it were. Who knows? Who knows? It's Who quite, knows? And more importantly, who cares? Exactly. It's quite right. Let's go to the pub. Um, <laughs> in true conference. I want to segue pub. though, in terms of finding a column for me to write. I want to segue from more math lessons. Yeah. To mm-hmm. the, the the nib news in brief story in the Times this morning. Master your magic. Ah. Students will Avada have. Avada What's that? Guardium Leviosa. If that's Harry Potter, you can stick it up your ass. Sure is. Is it? Master your magic. Students will have the chance to follow a postgraduate degree course in magic and occult science at Exeter University, which is a proper university. Yeah. I think it's Russell Group. It's like, it's, yes, it's, it's not bad, Exeter. Exeter. Yeah. Uh, from next September, after a quote, certain interest in the subject <laughs> from children who've only read Harry fucking Potter and nothing else, the master's degree, it's a master's degree. You do a degree first in like physics and then you do a master's degree. The master's degree will offer students the opportunity to study the history and impact of witchcraft and magic around the world on society and science. Modules will include dragons no. in Western literature and art and the legend of King Arthur. I oh, mean, that's, stone oh my, the fucking crows. That's bad. It's a Harry the Potter The thing degree. is, if it was, so, there's, so magic as it was, was only... And in essence, still is in certain, like Wiccans, basically. Wicca is only a sort of a communing with nature and using natural things to bend the earth to your will. So we're just talking herbs and poultices and, you know, a few prayers and the stars being in the right place at the right time. That's all it is. If Exeter was running basically a naturopathy course, that I would respect dragons in western literature and are vampires real that's lame it sounds to me uh, like you should be teaching one of these courses at exeter I'd be very i think good. that's probably all they're saying i mean when they say dragons in western literature obviously all these people are going to sign up thinking that they mean the hobbit mm. uh what's the what's the dragon called in the hobbit that hides the gold oh erog spawn the evil grok i think it's called something beginning with e erog smog it is smog it is what I'm sorry, no respect, mate. I mean, obviously, Tolkien's the boss. But um, Tolkien himself taught my father Anglo-Saxon. You're kidding. At Oxford in the... How have, uh, you, have I got this far in being married well, to you and not knowing that? Alan Ward was my dad's uh, old English tutor. Old English, as they called it there, not Anglo-Saxon. But, but he, Tolkien was a lecturer there. And he, he did his... He, did, uh, he made a famous, uh, wrote a famous paper and a famous lecture series called Beowulf, the Monster and the Critics. Right. Which was the sort of the beginning of the modern study of... Uh, of the way that Anglo-Saxon is studied. Yeah, my dad went to his lectures and stuff. Maybe he only went to his lectures and certainly talked to him about it rather than actually sitting there in Narnia or wherever he... Nice. That's nice. Uh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That's no, very cool. Was. That was, and that's what Tolkien... That was before Tolkien had written all of those things. Mm. Uh, and he was a genuinely a serious academic about it. And so I imagine they'll talk about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, like he invented Beowulf, loads of languages. Beowulf and that great. kind of thing. You talk about the place... Where there's a famous book, it's not influential anymore, by Keith Thomas, an academic who I imagine is Welsh, uh, called uh, Religion and the Decline of Magic, which was all about... Yeah. Which was very influential in the, in the 80s, which was all about how uh, Catholicism took the place of 
proto-voodoo in 14th century Britain. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Just sort of all that woo-woo stuff, and that was the appeal of the Yeah. Column. So I meant you'll talk about all of that. That wouldn't be what happened in my column. No, your column would be a welcome to your first yeah. day at the, the Exeter University's Department of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Are you segueing into two stories here? Not on purpose. There's, of there's, course. There's, there's <laughs> never never knowingly the newspapers. Never knowingly helpful. That's they're, the me. Bits of, they're the things that come to the doormat every day which tell you what's been happening. And one of them is passport database will be used to match photos to shoplifters. So this is where the first I saw of this story, if we're talking about criminality. Britain's passport database of 45 million people will be used to help catch shoplifters, burglars, car and bike thieves under game-changing plans to tackle property crime. Don't need to be rest of story. Obviously, surveillance society. We're not afraid of it because we've got nothing to hide, but is it the creep of something terrible? So that, that I was thinking we'd talk about that. But then, this geezer, but, Philp, who I hadn't yeah. heard of. Well, these are the police... Chris Philp. Chris Philp. Had you heard of him, the police minister? Yeah. He said, if you see shoplifting going on, you should do a citizen's arrest. He has said this at the Tory <laughs> conference. I mean, can you arrest me? I think that'd be quite exciting. Rrr, yeah, well, special only if we can get a special police outfit. Um, what have I so here heard? we go. Uh, it happened. It actually happened a few days ago. It was in the paper. It was in the Mail, possibly the Mail Online. Some burly fellows got some shoplifters. Oh, some burly fellows. Yeah, the burly fellows got some shoplifters and tied them up and sat them down outside and said that the police took half an hour to arrive. But I think it was quite. Tied them up area. with what? I'm saying you see. You're in a kind of a small shop and it, like a newsagent with the bloke, you know, the newsagent owner sort of sitting behind his counter just sort of playing on his phone, not interested. You're in the back. You see some, like, four teenagers trousering a bottle of vodka. Oh, I beg your pardon. I mean, what, the, what do you do? Well, the thing about shoplifters is that they are incredibly good at what they do. And I'm not sure of people have... I, when I was a teenager, everybody I knew shoplifted. They just go to boot... They just shoplift from, like, super drug... And it was... And they and, and at Westminster. These are posh girls in North London, right? Well, Henrietta Barnett. I mean, I don't know if you think that's posh or not. And then at Westminster, they nick things all the time, and they used to call themselves the Sticky Fingers Crew. You want the, these they boys were at Westminster famous public school. Westminster, although there were many more boys on bursaries, but I don't think it was them. I think it was the sons of lawyers and accountants and stuff. They would go and nick stuff. I would never. I'd fucking arrest them. I would get caught. I would be caught in one second. I would be caught for a shot. No, no, no. Sorry, I'd arrest them. Partly because some public schoolboy lifting a pair of sunglasses. Oh no no! no I'm a really, oh god! Oh don't tell my housemaster! You know he's not going like to stab that, me that, to death and then like, jump on my head. it, man! They talk like this. Oh fucking arrest them just for being alive! Yeah, exactly. No, I just mean it's like so. We, we, I mean, we probably won't do the surveillance society element necessarily, but the the notion should we should all be doing citizens' arrests? Okay, I have chased a couple of burglars from this property. Uh, there was there was one I caught. It was before we did. There was no. Was it? Were we together? I don't know. I found a bloke. There was a bloke outside trying to wedge open the back, our back that back door there with a spade. And I ran out and chased him. And I picked up the spade and threw it at him. And he climbed up the back wall and disappeared into the when estate. Fucking hell! When was that? Well, oh, it was fifteen years ago. Bloody so hell! Like, back when I could lift a spade <laughs> <laughs> or throw one. Uh, I, I chased. Um, I've twice chased people in the street. Uh, once when uh, I got a phone or my sister got her phone grabbed off a table in Hampstead by some teenager who ran off and I set off after him and as you set as I set off I'm, think, think, I'm thinking fuck what happens if I catch him yeah. luckily 15 year old athletic little fellow Very <laughs> trying, fast, yeah. this, I mean like I'm <laughs> thinking I used to be quite fast at running really really glad because I once saw on England's Lane I saw a bloke nick somebody's laptop 
from, uh, she was sitting outside doing some work and he just grabbed it and ran. And he was so fast. It was. I mean, she didn't. She. She. She was. She was still sort of typing in thin air <laughs> as he was like round the corner, and oh, he was gone. What I was trying to do was to stop a crime, stop a crime from happening, stop a person from being hurt, stop a theft from happening. That is different from making a citizen's arrest, where you are like sort of self-importantly hyacinth bouquet-like, uh, trying to get someone arrested, charged, and sent to prison, which I don't think is the job of citizens. I think we are all have a social responsibility to protect our fellow humans and our fellow citizens but not to just to get people arrested and in a shop something's being something is being done to Sainsbury's could give a shit it's 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 protecting little people surely yes I wonder what they are they they are encouraging sort of have a go heroes and that's all very well until they accidentally really hurt someone and then you're and then you are in trouble aren't you Vigilantism. V- vigilantism. I remember it in the late 80s and early 90s. I don't know if you remember this. The guardian angels on the tube. They would be go yeah. around in like their khaki suits and like little red berets. And I, Is that in New York before Jelani when it was all still very dangerous? Possibly. Or was it but I used to see them on the tube all the time. You don't see them anymore. Maybe they'll make a comeback. Maybe things, maybe. But that was, in, that was in the early 90s when, when London... Was, I mean, people don't remember how shit London... London was the shittest place in the world in the early 90s. Everything was crap. Soho was... Rid- can sorry. you turn I your phone off, please? Sorry. sorry. Imagine if my phone went off. I can't imagine such a thing. <laughs> bing, 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 anyway, bing, vigilantism, bing. bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you ready to move on? Yeah. Do you think you're going through the male menopause? Ah. <laughs> a <laughs> year of paid leave for, quote, male menopause. I cut out of the paper thinking, ooh, that'd be nice. An ambulance service is permitting staff to take a year of paid leave for the male menopause, even though the condition is not clinically recognised. Is it East Midlands Ambulance Service, by any chance? Is that significant? No, but is it? Yeah, yeah. Have I remembered it right? Well, yeah, yeah. We'll take into account the experiences of male employees who are suffering from (laughs) menopause-like symptoms, such as mood swings and irritability. Sorry. Does it it mention... So the, the, the most tragic bit of the piece that I wrote, which may not have been the Times piece, was the was a, a condition, a sort of a, a medical term condition, also known as, quote, man boobs, end quote. Oh, where? It's, uh, I'm not sure if it was in that piece, but it was in another piece. Man boobs, you, what, depressed about my man, man boobs? Man boobs. Like, those are moobs, right? Moobs, yeah. You take a year off work for your moobs. For your man boobs. Um, don't, you sound like you're belittling this thing. What, male menopause? Yeah. I actually think, I think the male menopause definitely exists. I'm just saying that what are the symptoms being... Mood swings and irritability, a lack of enthusiasm or energy and finding it hard to sleep. That's just being human. And the other thing I'd like to say, apropos of a friend of ours recently uh, taking some time off, um, who works in the public sector, uh, yeah. and the, all the knowledge this week we have that there's two million people currently claiming sick leave in the public sector mm-hmm. and like none in the private sector, and or like very few. And they're, Do you think anyone's going to be taking a year off for the male menopause in the private sector? Probably not. No, but, but the, the argument schools are going is... to empty with those soppy teachers going, oh, male menopause will take a year. No, but the thing is, the thing is, what you but, but the, the, the argument is that the private sector should have that provision for mental health and, 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 and sick leave, but they don't. You can't open it up. Once they've gone, they accredit these various sort of illnesses, which, which are legion, which are possibly all in the mind, possibly not. And, and obviously also mental health issues are very important and some people... But they've opened this thing. The problem is that there are malingerers too. And if you just call the male menopause one... Yeah. 
what's hilarious is that the, this is being offered to ambulance workers, even though the NHS does not recognise the male menopause as a thing or an issue. And, and you know, not only that, but ambulance workers know what a fucking sick person is. Yeah. So, uh, of all people, you know, you might wow, wow, wow to sirens going, put, put up on the massive cast, massive bloke line, they're going, I think I've got the male menopause. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it seems to be the most bogus area for it to be. I do also wonder if it is just a certain type of man and they do exist they're not sitting in this room but a certain type of man who does just think women just get everything don't they they get the menopause they get all this special treatment how about me can't I have a menopause <laughs> it is it's exactly no it is it is I mean it was yeah the idea that you, you, you that these are the sort of people that would want to sort of change gender in order to be allowed to have the menopause it's not fair well there's there are there is a certain you could have both man, menopauses. Man you could have the male yes. menopause, then transition and have the women's one as well. I wonder, you never which, go to work. I wonder which is worse. I mean, it's a deb- it's, it's var- varies by individual. I don't think either sounds very nice. But getting old is shit. What can I say? Yes. My well, knees, both of my knees hurt for a good 25 seconds after I get up in the morning. That's new. <laughs> I don't think it's the menopause. Um, <laughs> I fucking hope you not. You haven't quite got there yet. And So, for example, I would also say, you're quite right, in the Me Tooism, I'm not sure women yet have anything like the menopause provisions that they feel they should have and are perhaps entitled to. Well, there was a woman this week taking someone to court because they didn't... She, she was a social worker, I can't remember where from, but she's taking her boss to work because she said, you know... And some women do have really terrible uh, menopause symptoms, and I, I, I believe them and I'm very sympathetic. And her boss just goes, yeah, we don't really... I'm not really interested in your menopause, thanks, mate. I actually don't know where we are. I think it really varies from place to place, council to council, employer to employer. I, I don't know. If you're lucky enough to be in the private sector and to have great health insurance then you can get HRT and whatever you need but if you don't and you're and, and also it varies from G, you go to your GP and you say I'm feeling a bit shit they go yeah well you're just getting old love go away I mean there are GPs like that I, I worry about you because you have historically your your menstruation has always been quite a big deal you're one of the people who suffers quite hard from your periods Neil can you just mark the time when what? this is happening what? sorry <laughs> I don't want is that... to talk about my we're talking about this on my terms. I just worry that your menopause might be a bit of a stinker. Uh, no, it won't be because my mother's was fine. And also, I've got the coil and also I'm, I'm on top of it, don't worry. You're already planning hard. Uh, yes. All your time off from the podcast. Yeah, I'm just slapping me full of monkey glands and fake hormones. <laughs> Brilliant fun. It'd be a laugh, yeah. I just wrote a massive thing about testosterone for women, for perimenopausal women. I'll have some of that when the time comes. Why not? Bingo. Well, yeah, go and catch some criminals. <laughs> meanwhile, I'll take the week off uh, the time. For your uh, exactly. podcast for my... Uh... Oh my God, that would be very funny, wouldn't it? You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription. Listener.